the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, it, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If if Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mention a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Chuckle backstage here at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Dave Marquez. And Dave, this is really a treat. Now, we know these two gentlemen. We may have seen them once or twice around on the show, but it's time for you to introduce these to the folks at home. That's right, Grant. I'm, I'm real happy to say, uh, actually, a couple of weeks ago, if you guys were watching, I said that I was going to bring more family into this, and we've really not been public about this at all, but these are my two boys. This is Nicholas. That's Noel. Uh, Nicholas is the oldest one. Noel's the youngest one. And... Uh, Nico, as we call him at home, he's, uh, he's worked backstage, as Grant just said. He's done a lot of administrative stuff. Uh, Noel's just getting in- involved, but uh, we're looking for, you know, an awful lot of fun and moving this into the next direction and the, bringing the next generation in. Uh, I'm not going to be around forever, so, uh, and I need some help with vermin. So, uh, who else is better to have your back than family? All right, well, gentlemen, are, are you too excited about being here at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood in front of the cameras instead of behind? Well, it's uh, kind of like a dream come true. I've always wanted to follow my father's footsteps, and, I mean, here we are. Sure. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm just a little bit nervous to be here. I mean, it's my first time in front of cameras, but, <laughs> I mean, if that if that's what he wants, that's what we'll do, you know? All right, well, Dave, you certainly have a wonderful family, well, thank and thank you. you for sharing with us and, and everyone around the world. Oh, thank you. We look forward to the future. We hope you guys join us along the way. I have big plans for both of these boys and this whole company, so we're all growing up together, our Grant. 
That, that we are. Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. This is the feature episode, a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. I am, of course, your host, J.P. John Paz. And on today's podcast, we have none other than the United Wrestling Network president, the Championship of Wrestling of Hollywood owner, a producer, a writer, on-air talent, you name it, he's done it, he is doing it, he's also directed, he is, of course, David Marquez. You may remember him from New Japan Pro Wrestling, or NWA, or even NWA Power most recently, but of course, he is the owner, like I said, of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, the president of the UWN, and he's on this show today to promote the new weekly live pay-per-view series, Prime Time Live. Yes, coming at 9.15 to fight tv and your pay-per-view provider as well so it will be on traditional in-demand pay-per-view of course prime time live the first show on september 15th has a main event of the nwa world's heavyweight champion nick aldis versus mike bennett you also see hammerstone on the show which i think is great camille will be on the show and many others as well in the weeks to come, you will see many other stars such as Thunder Rosa and a lot of other kind of uh, surprises, we shall say, kind of in between. But you will definitely see a lot of great talent that is out there. I mean, you just quite, like we talked about in the interview today, just quite never know who's going to show up. Mike Bennett is technically a free agent. He's there. You know, will Eli Drake show up, who's a, a you know part of the NWA? Where is James Storm? We get an answer of, of where David Arquette may lie in all this. I mean, a lot of great stuff and a, just a great, great interview with David Tay. Great length, too. I mean, you're really going to enjoy a lot of the stuff. We do go into the relationship with NWA and New Japan. We go into the relationship with the NWA and AEW. We go through all of David's career as we do, of course, talk about NWA with Billy Corgan. But we talk a little old school NWA as well. We'll talk Harley Race. We'll talk Gordon Soley. We're going to talk WCW. We're going to talk UPW. We're going to talk Ring of Honor. We're going to talk about Dragon Soldier B. So, folks, sit back and relax and enjoy because this is going to be an absolute great one. But before I send it off over to the interview, just want to mention the other podcast, a part of the two man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. And that would be Taking You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard, which is on the TMPT feed. Testmaster Talks with Kevin Sullivan, which is on the Creative Control Network. Rick Bassman's Talking Tough, which is available on Podcast One. Shane Douglas' Triple Threat Podcast, which is available on Vince Russo's The Brand. Dutch Mantel's University of Dutch, which is available on the MLW Radio Network. Justin Credible's Pro Wrestling 101, which is available on Vince Russo's YouTube channel. And last but certainly not least, Trump Mania with Lavi Margolin, which is available on the publisher desk on Omni Studios. All of this and more is on TMPTEmpire.com. And now without any further ado, we send it over to the great interview with United Wrestling Network Prez, the owner of the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, David Marquez.
Power Trip of Wrestling. I am JP John Paz, and on today's podcast, we have none other than the United Wrestling Network's president, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood owner, CEO, I guess you could say. He's a producer. Uh, he's an on-air talent. He's a writer. He's everything. He's an owner. He's everything. He is Mr. David Marquez. Welcome to the two-man Power Trip of Wrestling. Thanks for having me, man. It's going to be a fun time. It's hard to intro you. You got so many jobs and so many uh, things going on, and so many uh, you know hot things on the fryer, so to speak. I mean, you got a million things going on all at once. How are you handling it? It's difficult, um, <laughs> and it's difficult to admit that it's difficult. Um, right. So uh, yeah. So you know, the Hollywood series. We just went back into production with it uh, two Saturdays ago. We produced New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong. Uh, yep. we, we produce championship wrestling from Arizona, which is coming back as well. And then I'm silly enough. I went ahead and talked to Billy Corrigan and Thunder Studios to, uh, do a live broadcast every week <laughs> because I'm so smart. <laughs> so, yeah. You didn't have enough on your plate. So just throw that uh, on there too and make it right. extra fun for you. Yeah. So how's that going? How's that whole process kind of start? Obviously September 15th is the, the big kickoff fight TV, uh, primetime live little NWA, but you got some other talent mixed in there as well. Just kind of break that down for us. How did that all kind of uh, come down? It's such a cool uh, thing. Well, it's, it's actually a project that's been um, stewing for a while. Uh, I was hoping that if we ever had the opportunity to uh, get a network deal, uh, uh, something with a, a cable company, something like that, that I can convince them to, one, allow us to do it live, but mm-hmm. two, to create like a cavalcade all-star show. So there's going to be episodic pieces to it, of course, but then it's it's like in in old pro wrestling used to hear about the open door policy like anyone could show up at any time type of a thing and you don't hear about that much anymore everything is really branded and uh i I dare use the word segregation but that's what it feels like you know everyone Mm -hmm. is isolated and you're either wwe or your ring of honor or you're this or you're that and even freelance guys who go international they still are looked at as one company or another uh, impact whatever um so i wanted to present something that allows uh more talent opportunity to get out in front of uh, a larger audience and on a quality program um so it's not going to be odd to see someone from uh you know it could be someone from defy 
uh, wrestling. It could be someone from West Coast Pro Wrestling. It could be someone from Future Stars of Wrestling. It could be someone from WOW Wrestling. You know, it could be someone from AEW or Ring of Honor or Impact if they choose to participate. Um, the New Japan Dojo here in Los Angeles will be participating. So those guys will uh, be appearing on the program. And it's it's not necessarily going it, to – I don't know if I can say it like this, but I guess the easiest way to describe it, it's like a UFC and MMA or boxing type of a format where you might see a super middleweight championship match or you might see – you know, there might be some sort of grudge match in a in a MMA setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a show might have maybe two or three championships defended from different areas. Um, and then just great matchmaking, putting people together. I dare call them dream matches or anything like that, because I think that's kind of blown out of proportion. But uh, just really good matchmaking and really good talent. If you can't, hang on one second. This is going to be an issue. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> David will be uh, attending to the dog. For, for a second there. So the big NWA pay-per-view, uh, so to speak, will be September 15th on uh, Fight TV, Primetime Live. The headliner... And in, so, and, and, in, and in demand, by the way. It's over-the-air uh, or it's oh, a broadcasting so, uh, cable all over official North America, pay-per-view English pay-per-view. And, and, yeah, English and Spanish. So it is a real pay-per-view, not just a... That's right. Internet pay per view. It is a real yeah, deal pay per view. I'm gonna go broke, man. I'm gonna go broke going <laughs> all the way. So. <laughs> I love that though because it, you know people obviously still love the pay per view, and it just to me it always sounds more high profile. Like it's on pay per view, you know. And when they used to say, "Oh, it's on internet pay per view," people are like, eh, "Not that But now you're saying pay per view. It's grander. You have the bigger name and the headline. The headliner, NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis versus. Mike Bennett, which is a nice little surprise because Mike hasn't been out there, hasn't been doing a lot of stuff. You know, he's kind of been kept quiet since the WWE release. So it's pretty much a big deal to get him, right? So, you know, talk to us about Aldis versus Bennett because this is uh, shaping up to be a big one. Yeah, so like I said, you never know who's going to be putting these matches. And, you know, we we talk to a lot of people and they're still candidates for future uh, shows. Um, But the World Championship, the NWA World Championship, is going to be uh, the main event uh, every uh, couple of weeks. And we're going to try to put that fight, uh, prize fight type of a vibe around it. So again, you're not, you won't know who, who Nick is necessarily going to be facing. It will be episodic, of course. So the, it will go and go. And mm-hmm. we're going to try to even add the elements of training and taking time off and coming back and having the rematch and, and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. throughout the years. Yep. We have 52 weeks of this stuff to do. So we have a lot of time to play with. Uh, but, wow. uh, but yeah, man, it was, um, we reached out, we talked to a lot of people, some scheduling didn't work. Uh, COVID was an issue too. Some people didn't necessarily want to come and participate because of that. Um, we totally understand and respect it. Um, and uh, when Bennett's name came up, we all just kind of looked at each other and was like, yeah, that's the perfect choice. Yeah, definitely. The fact that, you know, it, it's not, you know, it's not um, a monthly thing. It's it's more of a, of a weekly thing. So yeah. you said Aldis necessarily won't be wrestling every week. It might be every few weeks or whoever the NWA champion is not going to say it's definitely Aldis, but it's going to be sure, every but few weeks. But, and but not, you also not have the end. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be on, he'll be on the program in interviews and segments mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But it's mostly going to be those matches. We're going to pick the opponent, allow them to train, have exhibition matches in between, 
all that yeah. kind of stuff. And then you'll see that big payoff main event. Um, so, uh, but, but week after week after week, the NWA champions and the stars of NWA power will be premiering or, or will be appearing on the show. So our second week, which I think I have it here in front of me, Thunder Rosa will be de- defending. Oh, wow. If she, okay. doesn't, if she doesn't lose it before then, uh, the NWA uh, women's championship, Erin uh, Stevens will be defending the national title on there. And, um, you know, the other champions as well. So on top of that, with the United Wrestling Network, uh, champions, uh, which are, you know, the Heritage Championship, the United Tag Titles, United Television Title, the Arizona State Championship, the Percy Pringle Third Memorial Cup, uh, our PP3 Cup, which yep. we have our our, our uh, annual tournament, kind of our money in the bank if people don't follow what we do. Um, and yeah, so there's a lot of opportunity. And, it, and and I think the best part is, is, is the fact that we're live, we're on live television, and we can actually add that element of surprise and the importantness of being there, watching the show, seeing what happens. Um, uh, we're, we're not necessarily, and I'll be just very frank with you, we're not looking for the surprise or wow factor mm-hmm. in the beginning. Because we know it's going to take time for people to catch on to this. Absolutely. Uh, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe uh, the uh, satellite and cable price is eleven ninety nine a week. Uh, I know in Canada it's twelve ninety nine because I've seen that paperwork, uh, and uh, the fight it's it, there's going to be a weekly number, but they're also putting together a bundle, which uh, subscription bundle, which will allow you to pay a fee for the whole month. I just don't know what those uh, numbers are just yet. It, it should be available anytime, though. By the way, so <clears throat> check out uh, Fight TV or Fight TV for sure for more mm-hmm. details. So the initial rumor online that was it was a six month thing. So now it's actually a year contract technically that, that oh, this will definitely be going on. Oh, oh it always is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, it's always been here. Now let's let's hope we can last six months. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, right. Uh, this right. is a this is a pretty pricey endeavor. Um, uh, and and the way that we're kind of justifying it too internally is we uh, and if you see people walking around it's because this is the <laughs> office too so people are yeah. still at work finishing the shows that yeah. was the uh, uh director uh, Logan Chedwigan of the uh, the strong program for New Japan so they were just here earlier doing some stuff so he's finishing nice. some things with them nice. um but uh you know th- this is a pretty pricey endeavor um we're committed to it we're we're doing everything we can to present the best 90 minutes every week and uh again no affiliations necessarily. It's an open door, and we're really, really trying to present something special and different. A true alternative. People like to say, oh, well, this is the alternative. We're going to make the alternative. This is really the truest alternative there is in, in, in reality because – and it's not just promoter hype. It just it's just truthfully is. Um, I don't care what acronym you belong to. I don't care what championship it is. I don't, I, I don't care. We have 90 minutes to fill. 52 weeks so there's a lot of time on there for people use it so who is necessarily not to go too much behind the scenes but who's like booking who's in charge is billy corgan technically overseeing everything how how deep into it is he oh he's very deep um uh, billy uh was the creative force behind power too a lot of people don't Mm -hmm. realize that he wrote all the power programs um and then uh on this program the nwa pieces working with me with a matchmaking for regional or national talent that he may not know about to be put in against an NWA opponent. Um, 
but from a, uh, a booking perspective or writing, uh, it's myself, um, Nick Bonanno, Billy Corgan, um, Aaron Stevens, uh, Todd Kennelly, uh, announcer, and uh, from Southern California, people might remember him from a couple of years ago. Um, name's Chaos, Joey Chaos, uh, who runs Santino Brothers Wrestling uh, Academy. Um, he was a writer early on the uh, Hollywood program with Adam Pierce. And so I brought him back in to help put these pieces together and, and help manage it. Very cool. So with all this going on, you're saying like how, you know, basically invested he is, he's writing everything else. I mean, is he like the one that's really kind of the driving force and saying like, this needs to be done or that needs to be done? Or is it much more, you know, not as strict as far as like what he wants to see? Is it almost like, you know, maybe he's, he's going to experiment a little bit more, you know what I mean? Or is he very stringent on what he wants to see on this program? Uh, he, he very much has a vision. Um, the uh, the show itself, I'm managing the entire show. I'm the executive producer of the show. So uh, the broadcast is mine, um, mine in the sense that mm-hmm. I'm I'm the supervisor of the program. Right. Um, when it comes to the majority of the matchmaking, it's really being left up to us. The NWA assets, although we can suggest and 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 contact people and, and negotiate. On behalf of the NWA, uh, he has the final say when it comes to his branding and his championships and that kind of stuff. Uh, I just think my history with the organization, uh, it just kind of helps the relationship, too, because he knows that I'm not just a, you know, one and done type guy. It, I've I've been associated as I was an owner, a member, all that stuff going back to probably 94, 95. So I've been around the NWA a long time and to... Uh, be back in it, still in the thick of things. Um, uh, we have a really good relationship, so I can I can spout some stuff off. If he likes it, he'll sign off on it. If he wants to massage it, he'll bounce it back to me. Then people internally with his in his camp that he has, you know. So it's a, but but it's a real big collective. It, it's working really well. Now I see Hammerstone is going to be on the mm-hmm. first show, which is great. He's one of those guys you just look at him like, man, this guy looks like he's a star. You know, he's got a ton of potential. You'll see him on MLW. Is he technically a part of this as MLW? I know he's defending the, the West Coast title, but well, is, it's, is he, he, no, it's not MLW. It didn't provide him. It was oh, West okay. Coast Pro Wrestling. Okay, um, he's their champion, and the relationship there is West Coast Pro Wrestling sponsors Championship Wrestling from Hollywood on KGO uh, ABC7 in San Francisco, and that's their local champion up there. So, uh, and again, if people, I don't expect everybody to know what I do, but we have uh, regional versions of our broadcast that are localized <clears throat> with the intention of going to those towns, just like the old way, yeah. of doing oh, live yeah. events. So it's kind of a prime time wrestling format, and we uh, premiered that over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, on the CW channel in Memphis, and there it's called Championship Wrestling, presented by Pro Shingle on a CW30 and uh, Maria and Dustin Starr are the hosts of the show. And we've lifted that format that we created together with the TV station and the stars. And now we have it in San Francisco. Uh, we had it in Houston. We have it in Amarillo, uh, working on putting it on the CW in Tampa that we just got cleared on here recently. So uh, uh, Scott, uh, the owner up there and the sponsor of the program, um, he was enterprising enough to see the opportunity that he couldn't produce a broadcast, but he can utilize the airwaves on a full number one station in San Francisco, although on at one o'clock in the morning, ABC seven, um, 
that uh, he can utilize that for his benefit. So, like we were when when things were going really well in the beginning of the year, uh, he was getting people uh, signing up for his wrestling class from the commercials that were running, and his web traffic was up, and all that kind of stuff. So, he's providing the match. Uh, then after uh, it's aired, he he can do whatever he wants with uh, with the footage. So. Um, what we're trying to help create content, like with the NWA too, we're creating mm-hmm. additional content for uh, YouTube and their Patreon uh, subscribers so that we can do our best with churning this stuff out. To me, it's just interesting because you're like, oh, Hammerstone, I know him from MLW. You know, you know, for me, I'm on the East Coast, so I really know him more from there. But then you, you throw him like Ben in, you're like, wow, this is interesting. You know, obviously, Aldis, everyone knows him as an NWA world champion. But, you know, throwing the different talents in from all over the place, you're right. It has that kind of old school feel to it, almost yeah. like a super clash kind of thing where, you know, AWA beats NWA. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're throwing in different guys. You're throwing in uh, Memphis. You're throwing in uh, world class. It just seems like that kind of feel. That's Initially, when I, as soon as I saw Hammerstone, it was immediately what I thought of, and even even a guy like uh, Mike Bennett, who's a free agent, but mm-hmm. really kind of a cool super clash kind of vibe to it. Yeah, and I'm hoping every week people will tune in for that novelty and that variety. We're going to do everything we can to book people that folks want to see, like Chris Dickinson. Chris Dickinson's mm-hmm. booked on the show. Oh yeah, yep, yep. Got to mention him. Yeah, a yes. lot of a lot of people haven't seen him in a mass capacity either. The dude's intense. And we don't have any FCC regulation, so I have no idea what this guy's going to say or do. <laughs> so on broadcast TV, we would have to silence him here. Right? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go do what you want. Um, so, uh, and then from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood or the United Wrestling Network, we have kind of a grudge match uh, on our broadcast. So it's the Wolf Zaddies, uh, 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 Tito, uh, big bad dude Tito, uh, and uh, Che Cabrera. And once you see them, you don't. I know a lot of people have no idea who they are necessarily unless you watch our programming. Intense guys, very intense, big dudes, and they're going to go up against the tribe. So that's Hawaiian Lion and <clears throat> and Navajo Warrior, two veterans from Arizona. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I guarantee you, if there's anyone that's going to steal that show, it might very well be that match. Love that. Oh, and then Love also, that. I don't think this has been announced, but Camille will be uh, facing uh, Heather Monroe. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, very so cool. Th- we still have some things to put out there in the public that haven't gone out yet. But Oh, very good. Now, with, you know, Heather Monroe and all this other stuff, we just saw her on AEW and I, okay. now, you know, Thunder Rosa we're seeing on AEW. Is there a relationship between the NWA and AEW at this time? Yeah, there's a relationship with all of us. Um, it's the funny, that, that's the interesting part of wrestling today. Like, I've been in wrestling for 30 years and I've had relationships with promoters and you know matchmakers all over the world all throughout that time wwe whatever we all have great relationships it's just like the public and the internet has now put us against each other in this odd rivalry that's not necessarily there so heather monroe for all intents and purposes is one of my talents she's yeah yeah. every one of my shows all that kind of stuff uh uh, uh, peter avalon or scorpio sky they came out of us and now they're now they're there um and uh, I think those relationships are allowing these people to get around. And so Corrigan and, the a- and AEW, they got together. They told me about it, of course, uh, that this is something we were going to do. And um, I think in the future, uh, we will be seeing more interaction between uh, with them or, again, with Ring of Honor or Impact or, or whomever. So it uh, doesn't matter what the acronym is. <laughs> just, as, just as long as someone wants to send a match, quality, entertain the people. 
Yeah, because it's pretty shocking when we saw Thunder Rosa show up, you know, uh, that she was going to be fighting Sheeta at the pay-per-view for AEW stuff. So, I mean, uh, that was a pretty cool uh, shocker. So it's one of those things where it's like, wow, I guess, like you were mentioning, like, I guess there is not that that segregation. Like, no, you work here and I work here. AEW seems very open, even though they're, you know, national TV and on TNT. I mean, they're all over the place and they're huge right now. It's good to see that they're open to working with, you know, the NWA and, and different talents, too. I mean, that's just great for, I think it's great for wrestling. Absolutely. You know, we have to, it's interesting again, and I use that word a lot because I, I've been around it so long, but I'm still young. I'm only 47, but I've been around it for so long. And when I came in at the end of whatever were the territories and I got started with Harley race and Gordon Soley and in the Midwest, um, as my business partners, that's my mentality. And then when I start seeing companies that are out there, so Again, whether it's Evolve or uh, Beyond Wrestling or, or or any of these companies, territories exist. They're just not called territories anymore because that's a bad word. It's a bad term. Just like Carney is a bad term, you know, all of a right. sudden. Um, it, it, generations have put different definitions on things. So instead of uh, uh, going to the, uh, you know, California territory or, or whatever, <laughs> they come to Marquez or they go to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. If they go to the East Coast. They may be uh, going to evolve versus going to Florida or New York or something. Right. So it's it's just the the nomenclature has changed, um, but the idea is still there, and people are actually making money, popping around. Well, they were making money, uh, popping around, and going to different areas, companies. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned Chris Dickinson. I forgot to mention him before. That's another one. He's a kind of big on the East Coast, so I'm very familiar That's with right. him. But one of those guys where it's like maybe a lot of people haven't necessarily heard of them but they will soon so that's one of the things where it's almost going to be a breeding ground where you guys are going to find which you've been doing this for many many years you bring up these guys they become big stars or you know kind of up and coming big stars is that a big uh, you know a part of you guys too you want to create these own stars but almost you know create them for yourselves and and create them for this pay-per-view series sure you know it's so difficult like People like to say they're my guys. I try not mm-hmm. to say that because they're not. We don't have them under contracts, which is how we lose everybody because we can't afford to keep <laughs> right, under right. a contract. Right. Um, so when we're um, – my whole mission anymore, I, I don't want to save the world necessarily. I don't want to – you know, I'm not looking to be this grandiose, giant juggernaut of professional wrestling. I figured out. I believe how to do a regional television show, get it out nationally or internationally, make it make money while creating talent so that they can go on and and get a real job, uh, something that's going to take care of them and their families. Not to say we're a minor league or anything like that, because that's one of the things that I really hate when I'm talking to people, because they're always like, man, uh, you know, it's great that you're the stepping stones to the WWE and you're a minor league. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm not a minor league. I am equal to them 100%. They just have a hell of a budget. If I had that budget, my show would look exactly like theirs. So don't, don't paint us that way. Uh, same thing with the term independent wrestling. Like I, I hate that. It just, the audience that watches my show and most pro wrestling television shows is an older audience. The demos are, are probably mid forties and older because younger people don't watch television um, the way they used to. So 
you know, you trying to educate people, try, older and younger. But old, this is why I went with the traditional real pay-per-view channels with in-demand was because I knew older people might watch it, especially NWA fans. Yes. It's interesting when you watch the power shows, there are no children in the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good no point. children at all. Yeah. They're all adults. Um, so there's that nostalgia factor. And that's what we have to sell this on, hoping that then other people in the house, younger people will check it out and be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Even, you know, even WWE is having that issue trying to create new fans. I don't think it's it's their creative or anything like that. I just I just feel that the fans are not just regenerating themselves uh, like they used to. So. Did you find it a little funny that WB was forced to do the studio style looking show, but your show looked so much better because that's what you, you know, you guys are used to that. You know what I mean? Like they tried to almost copy that kind of style and it just looked terrible. You guys yeah. obviously master has been doing it for years. You know, the studio style. So it's funny. People think like, Oh, studio wrestling, WB. Oh, they're going to nail this. They're going to, but it was, did not look good at all. Did that, you know, did you find that funny at all? I, I did. Um, it was interesting too because I used the AEW uh, before they moved permanently where they're at now in that amphitheater and the WWE show out of the PC um, and my show as uh, in, in the sales tape and I put all three of them together. Mm -hmm. Press play said outside of the I icons and the and the trademarks you couldn't tell which show was which. And I make sure to, to pick the same sequences that the guys were doing. <laughs> yeah, so <it's laughs> right, identical right, right. in every screen. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty humorous because they have billions of dollars. They have all the resources. They own all the equipment. And they had a real tough time versus me, who comes from a local television uh, background. And uh, I might have to do a tele-auction or a pledge drive or a telethon or uh, uh, you know, uh, election coverage on a newscast that I have to build a set quickly and make it look as good as we can with no money. Right. So, yes. So we have become experts at, at blocking, creating a, an expectation and then hopefully delivering beyond that expectation with the camera clarity and audio and, and making sure that, because again, I feel that a modern wrestling fan or an independent wrestling fan, uh, they're savvy, but they're not experts on what they're looking at. So they're used to looking at bad video and bad audio. So if you can pre present something that's lit correctly and you could hear it and mm -hmm. there's multiple cameras, then they'll accept it and eat it up and go like, oh, these guys are pros, even though we are. But yep. they'll put us on just a little higher pedestal. I just love, though, if you put everybody on the even playing field, like you were saying, there is no they're better than me. If you even it out, you know, it, it especially with that studio look that you guys obviously perfected, it's interesting. I just like kind of like chuckled at it, like, wow, WWE yeah, kind of uh, dropping the ball a bit on something that they should have been more proficient at. That's right. And they, but they've now they've trumped all of us. Um, that Thunderdome, Thunderdome is, is beautiful. Yep. I wish I could have that. That was, uh, and, and the interesting part was I was trying to do that same technology prior to the NBA, NBA and, and all that. And we were trying to hook it up in our uh, facility and we just couldn't figure out the technology to make it work properly without it crashing and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just happy they did it. And they deserve it. I mean, they are who they are and mm -hmm. they certainly get a license. So they have to justify those billions of dollars they're taking yep. from people. So 
No, they did something beautiful. That was that's Disney esque what they did. Yeah. It, was, it was real real pretty. I think Kevin Dunn was probably like, Man, Vince, just let me take over the production. This is you know, this is not good. Let me do my thing. And obviously the ratings have gone up too for them, which is which is for, a, for a sure. good sign. Yeah. For sure. Definitely a good sign. You know, and it's it's and the network I'm sure got involved. I'm sure someone at Fox was like, We gave these guys one point whatever billion dollars. Like it can't look like it's coming out of some wrestling school. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now New Japan, you're talking about them as well. New Japan's strong. I was actually just talking to Rocky Romero about this as well. New Japan is thrilled with you guys and kind of what you've been able to do for them and and how great it is that not only because, you know, the American guys, the guys over here, not all necessarily American, but, you know, Kent uh, and all the uh, the American stars, all the gaijins that are over here, they're able to have a show for New Japan World. They're able to still wrestle and do it, but not get over to japan because legally you know you know they can't fly over there so how important are have you guys been to new japan right now because i mean we're seeing this these great talents that are out there that are part of new japan just not in japan that's right um i don't know if we're important to them i know that we really 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 helped them out and, yes and uh and and allowed them to achieve achieve something out of the out of the la dojo um uh, again, people may not know my history. For five years, I was a vice president for New Japan. So yep. I ran the original LA Dojo, which Rocky was a young boy at the time. Yep. So, yeah. And now yep. Rocky's the boss um, yeah, over here. So when they first approached me, uh, they, knew, they, they, they knew we had the, state, our, the, the space. They knew our capabilities. They knew the editing. They knew everything we had. And Rocky, you know, he approached me. He goes, well, how can we do this economically? And that we can show Tokyo that we can produce too. And I know what that means because I used to sit in his chair. So, you know, yep. America's America and uh, Japan's Japan. And, yep. and of course, they can do – this is me talking, no one else. Uh, they can do everything better uh, and whatnot. And they have their studio show there that they're doing or was mm -hmm. doing, yep. um, which is fair. But we, like you said, we know how to block. We know how to specifically shoot – in a small uh, uh, vicinity and uh, and make it look like a Tokyo Dome or make mm -hmm. it look grandiose um, with tricks. So I know we've helped them, but they've helped us too because they allowed us to get back into our facility because we weren't doing it at the time. And uh, all the COVID procedures are the ones that we uh, put together with New Japan. So uh, they, they helped us out too. So it, it's mutual. And then, like I said, in the United Wrestling Network syndicated programming and the primetime live show, those guys, when they're available, will be on the programs. So it's it's a it's a fun trade. Yeah, I think it's a win-win for everybody, and it's great to see you know Kenta and Jeff Cobb and and you know David Finley, you know Brody King, all these guys being able to wrestle when they can't get over to New Japan, which would, they would be on a you know three-week tour or four-week tour right That's now, right. and you know kind of going through all the shows, and obviously the Japanese are, are still going strong, so it's great that you guys can still go strong, go strong with them. So you know Rocky and and you, I mean you guys are, are doing a great job. Do you think that you know let's just say everything kind of goes back to normal you think that there will still be a strong relationship with new japan given you know the circumstances of everything oh i think so um you know uh i don't know if it'll be in the same in, in our facility but i i'm sure we'll still be the production house for them unless they get something somewhere where they have to use a proprietary team um uh no we we understand each other we know each other for a long time i've known rocky for at least since 1999 
So there's a there's a great relationship there. Um, yeah, I don't see a string. And you know, when you said we're helping each other, even people from the Hollywood program, uh, Ryan Taylor, uh, or I'm sorry, Rust Taylor now, hmm. um, uh, uh, Jordan Clearwater, Adrian Quest, Danny uh, Rivera, they're all Hollywood regulars, you know, and now they're being seen in a different light on the New Japan program. So again, it's like that territorial build, what used to be in the magazines, now you can yep. watch uh, streaming. Um, so it's just different, the, the way that it's being consumed. Just be interesting to see, you know, whoever from New Japan on primetime live or something too, and, you know, throw them in there or Nick Aldis, you know, has, has a challenge, somebody, somebody from New Japan comes in. That's just another kind of cool wrinkle that could be thrown into the show. That's right. You know, from a matchmaking standpoint, me being a matchmaker and a producer, like in my head, it's like, can we get Moxley defending the New Japan United States title on the show? Can we, right. you know, can the, will, will, will my friends, the good brothers show up one way, some way, somehow through the new, new Japan relationship. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's how I'm looking at it. At least that's what I'm hoping for. And then from an international standpoint, uh, I'm working out deals with promotions overseas. Uh, so we have Middle Kingdom Wrestling in China, um, EPW yep. in Perth, Australia, um, where they are running shows, too, with named talent uh, that can't get back to the States, much like the New Japan guys can't get back to Tokyo. So I'm hoping if the quality is there and everything that they can supply us matches with like Mikey Nichols, who was in the WWE for a while at NXT. Oh yeah. He's great. Yep. Yeah. And he's a new Japan guy too. So I'm hoping I can get those matches, get those and run those on primetime live as well. So, you know, I really want to make a, why will the sports diversity and variety and, and just make it a, not a traditional pro wrestling program. I, I really want people to look at this like a real all-star show. Like, man, that was really cool. I would never have seen Amazing Kong in a uh, uh, a little person mixed tag match. Like, you know, <laughs> right, I just, right. you know yep. just give that old Georgia Championship Wrestling, like 1983, 84, 85, where Dick Slater might be the Florida State champion and then Bugsy McGraw might be the Memphis champion or whatever, and they're on WTBS uh, fighting each other, you know, getting ready to go to somewhere else in Florida for the Battle of the Belts or something. So, right. you know, that's kind of my mindset of how to set all this stuff up. Good stuff. I can kind of think of a former WCW champion that's out there that you've used before <laughs> that may be in line for a NWA title show. Not even not NWA, but, you know, using like David Arquette or something. I mean, that would just be yeah. another kind of a fun thing that you could probably throw in there as well. I mean, not saying. I'm, oh, I'm, for sure. I'm looking, but, you no, know, no, just an no, example no, of a guy. Yeah. We yeah. have already been in conversation about it. Oh, you know, oh, great. So, okay. So, yeah. So when his, his uh, availability is there, I'm sure you'll see David on the show. Um, I have different roles that I'd like him to play, and we've come up with different ideas for him outside of being an in-ring talent, mm -hmm. um, but a personality on the program. Yep. So we're working that out. You know, he made his movie. I don't think his wife wants him getting thrown around anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny, and I I just mentioned this to uh, David, his his producer, not David Arquette, but his yeah, producer. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I a few years ago we did a wrestling convention, uh, two man power trip con in uh, Richmond, Virginia. I I, I, I got to watch the documentary. Actually, I'm going to hopefully watch it tonight. I want to see if, if, if any of those parts are in that documentary. I believe it is, but um, I think they are. 
so he was promoting this is years ago he was promoting a documentary about prisons so i was talking to him and i said all right you know enough about the prison let's talk about wrestling so then we started talking about 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 a half hour or so of just strictly wrestling and he goes you know what he goes i think you're sparking something here so i don't know if he was joking with me ready had the idea in mind but he i you know i kept talking about wrestling so i don't know if i'd sparked it ready had the idea so i mentioned david darg his producer they came to the convention. He goes, this is his first ever wrestling convention. So he was literally signing for, for, for free for the fans. He was buying something from all the tables. I mean, what an unbelievable nice guy. You know, he's talking to us. He did backyard wrestling with us. That's uh, all. Got... Now, that's all in it. That is okay, in good. the movie. Okay, good. All good. of that's in the movie. Okay. But, you know, David, you know, a lot of people want to downplay him. He's very smart. Uh, mm-hmm. Very, very smart. Um, uh <laughs> methodical even he belongs in wrestling he's he is a wrestler the way he thinks and uh when we got involved in it you know we we did all his training peter avalon did uh, was his trainer um we did the match with rj city on championship wrestling from hollywood yes and, uh, yes that, great that allowed yeah. them to go around the country tagging and and everything actually over the world they went to mexico i think and canada with it um but yeah, it, it, I I think David probably had it in his head already. He um yeah, I think he, he was working dude, me a little. Dude's, yeah. a sm- <laughs> dude's a smart guy. He's a real smart yeah. guy. Yeah, he's like, I think I have something in mind for wrestling. So he may have been working me a little bit, like, oh, you may have sparked him. But I messaged, uh, uh, you know, the the director, David, and I said, oh, I was the one that did it, just, you know, messing around just to see what he would say. And he's like, oh, I'll pass it along, you know, to, to David and stuff. But uh, he is such a nice guy because after uh, that whole he's filming and everything in Richmond, we I actually set him up for like initial training. I know he had training before in WCW and then eventually we go into you guys for some real training, yeah. but literally it was the backwoods of Virginia in literally the middle of nowhere. I'm not sure That's if this in is the movie too. Oh, That's it is. Okay, good. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. You know what he did? This is dead serious. He took the broom and was sweeping. I don't even know if they were filming. He swept the ring and everything. And I don't think they were filming at this point, but maybe they made him go back and do it again. I'm not sure if this made it, but he literally was like acting like a young boy, like sweeping and cleaning. And what do you guys need? They'll do this. And like, I'm like, we're in the middle of nowhere in some, you know, crappy little ring. And this is a huge, you know, uh, huge Hollywood star. And he's taking it super serious like taking the bumps cleaning the ring making sure everybody's happy making sure he did it right make sure he ran the ropes right i mean he's such a humble guy crazy he helped us with the ring too yeah really oh yeah the the fun part is you made the picture i was cut out so (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah <laughs> nice, I, I got completely. It. So, <laughs> oh, that's bullshit, though. That's great. Now, I definitely got it. Damn it, I gotta watch it. Uh, it, he's just I so went cool. All the way to a drive in an hour and a half away for the Ma'am. premiere, took my nephew, his wife. I'm like, Look, we're gonna, I'm gonna be in a swap yeah. meet. Yeah, thing. look, yep, yep, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, I can't believe that. Come on. He he screwed you. He screwed you. He he is. I mean, he's just such a, a nice, humble guy. But he is he is a Bischoff guy. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Easy E. All right. Uh, with with though, you know, different, you know, surprise guys and and this and that. Where I mean, we're talking like New Japan, AEW, free agent. I mean, whoever could show up. I mean, you just never know. With you, do you have like a guy in mind? Not just saying like he has a contract, but is there a guy in mind where you're like? 
this guy needs to be a part of the show. He wasn't on power. Uh, not necessarily a free agent, not necessarily like WWE guy, but you have somebody in your mind like this guy would fit the direction of where I want to go. He could even be like a celebrity, not not our captain, sure. just like a sure. guy that you know he's he's on your mind. Where like he fits this, and maybe you didn't reach out to him yet. But is there somebody in mind where you want oh, him yeah. on the show? Well, <clears throat> well, for years it was Chris Dickinson. Um, it's interesting how I met him. Uh, Drew Gulak and I are good friends. And when Drew was on our show, they come out to California to be on PWG. And uh, Chris was booked uh, just, I think, last minute to replace someone. And in true indie wrestling fashion, there were no accommodations for them. And that happens a lot. So they didn't want to get a hotel. So they called Uncle Dave and they came to the spare room on the couch. <laughs> and that's how I met Chris. And I was really... Uh, 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 really excited to meet him because I had heard about him, but he was just a great guy. And then Drew was putting him over and stuff. So there's that. Then there's this influencer online, and her name is Tammy. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Tammy. Uh, she plays kind of the white trash. There was like a promo going around recently. I don't maybe Roscoe or something, but she dresses really white trash hillbilly mm -hmm. always has a cigarette hanging out of her mouth really big chested usually in her car when she talks perfect pro wrestling personality perfect if there is an influencer i want mm. her <laughs> she is amazing um but but i'm pretty uh, uh lucky um i have a really big rolodex and i have a lot of relationships um Carl Anderson and Gallo, I'd love to have them on the program. Um, you know, I'd really like to get my old team back together. So Finn Balor and and, and and the Australians. And there's just so many people over the years that I'd really like to, you know, give them a, a, a better opportunity than what I originally gave them 15, 18 years ago. That's funny. A mutual friend of ours. I mentioned this guy's name. He was on Fox for one season. I believe he set some sort of record for a reality show. It was like 40 million viewers or something. And I was like, this guy should have been in pro wrestling. And, and you know, eventually, obviously, uh, I've interviewed him. I found out he did actually train in pro wrestling. But Joe Millionaire, I mean, oh, I, yeah, always felt like, yeah, sure. I was like, man, he would be perfect, uh, you know, to, to kind of whatever. Because I think he's out in, in the West Coast. Yeah, I know, actually, I know he is. He's out in the West well, Coast. Well, we, we worked with him with Rick Bassman at UPW. Yep, yep, um, yep. He, he was there during the Cena time, so yeah, or right yeah. after, right after Cena. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, Evan, I, I worked with Evan. Mm -hmm. Yep, Evan Marriott. Yep, oh, of course, you UPW. Of course, your UPW days. I can't forget that. Yeah, I produced all those great tapes. So it's funny we bring that up. There's so many young people that I work with now, and I'll hear them talking about how they got started or got influenced or whatever. They always talk about the Discovery Channel show we did. Yeah, and they yeah. talk about the inside pro wrestling VHS as we made. And yes. uh, I produced all those. And so I hear all these, these guys and girls talking about it and it just makes me laugh. I usually don't come out and say, well, you know, I produced those, but uh, it's, um, <laughs> uh, it's just Were funny because there's a lot of people. <laughs> Were you, did you produce the one with the uh, Harley race? The, like when, when Harley race did, did his series Were the, kind of the uh, surprise wrestling thing? No, but I was working with him during that time. Those are the UPN okay. shows, I think. Um, yeah, it was yep. the people who made the magic shows. Yes, and I remember all that. Harley was telling, you know, he's like, uh, "I think I'm going to go and break kayfabe for the first time in my career." And I said, "What do you mean?" 
he's like, this network out in L.A. wants me to come out and uh, talk about the insides workings of wrestling. And I said, okay, well, whatever. They said, they're going to disguise me. I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> and he says, I'd like you to come out with me to make sure that it's not too exposing. I said, all right, great. So I came out. And we get into we get into the studio. They put makeup on them and everything, and then they have they hand him a pair of sunglasses that's already <laughs> too small for his head. And he goes, "What are these supposed to be?" <laughs> and they're like, "Well, we said we disguise you." And he goes, "Sunglasses? <laughs> yeah, you don't have a hood. You don't have a you know your makeup. No, these sunglasses." Okay, he goes. I he goes. Millions of people all over the world have seen me in sunglasses, so they're going to know exactly who it is. And I'm sitting right there off camera. He said, "The moment you open your mouth, they're going to know who you are." So it doesn't matter. Paid him really well, and he got a lot of flack for it. Oh yeah, big time. But you know, Vince was on TV. Vince McMahon was on TV and exposed, like, hey, you know, a few times saying that you know this is not real. This is sports entertainment. So it is interesting that Harley, you know. Old yeah, well, guy I think got flat for it. Yeah, I think it's a big difference though, because it's like believing in Santa Claus. You know, you have this rough and tough guy, Harley Race, who for let's say at that point, 45 years, I'm the toughest guy on earth, God's green earth, all that stuff, mm-hmm. eight-time world's champion, the South, the Midwest, Mid-Atlantic, those people who live in those areas are very protective and they're 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 very loyal to uh, what they believe in, whether it's religion or politics or wrestling. So um, it, that's why I think it, he had that W that NWA WCW ness to him. Mm-hmm. And people, I know people watching this who are younger might not understand how real wrestling was um, versus what wrestling is today. So, uh, and Harley breaking that was just like, you know, no, that guy didn't part the Red Seas. You've been reading that book and it's nothing. So Harley, he told on the gospel. Vince, Hmm. on the other hand, he was always cartoons and he was always over the top. And, you know, whether he's on Donahue or Larry King or whatever, it was his, oh, that's Vince McMahon. He's just, he's show business, but, but Harley race is real. I've seen it. I was there. His sweat and blood got on me. True. So when you were working with him and you and Gordon Soley and, you know, how young were you in in the business at this point? Like what year is this? And and like, what what was you? You were the producer basically? I own the company. Oh, Um, you're the, oh, so, oh, you're you're part (laughs) owner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This was in uh, Springfield, Missouri. This has been, I would have been 20, early 20s. Um, that was freelancing for WCW and uh, doing stuff with Corey Macklin. Not heavy stuff, just around. Uh, and and I worked in television. I was in news, uh, local news. But um, uh, uh, wrestling just kind of happened. And I ended up with a wrestling show. And uh, I turned it into a thing called World Legion Wrestling in Missouri. And I'm originally from Los Angeles, and I went out there to work in TV. And it just kind of all came, came together. And so I hired uh, uh, Gordon Soley as the commentator, the announcer, and uh, Harley Race as the booker. And that's how our relationship started. Uh, 
and uh, we were together for, I don't know, probably two years. Harley ran the company. He bought me out. Gordon died, so he was gone. Harley bought me out uh, in 99. I came back to L.A., and um, then I started working for Rick Bassman. Yep. Um, uh, Terry Taylor and Bruce Pritchard suggested I go there, and so then I went there and became their producer and director. Um, but Harley ran the company until he died, and he changed the name. It's kind of funny. It was World Legion Wrestling. Always, and he always called it World League. And so yeah, World League Wrestling. Day, World yeah. League Wrestling. Yep. <laughs> yeah, would, that was my company. Nice. I was at the last uh, autograph signing for Harley in in Philly, and if you know where the ECW arena is in Philly, obviously mm-hmm. you know. He's like, where is this? Like looking around as, you know, as he gets out of the car with his son and me and his son look at each other. We're like, is he like, is he crazy? Is he like losing? Like what's going on? Yeah. And uh, uh, we're like Philly. He goes, smells like it. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, just being totally like sarcastic with it. I was like, oh, I thought he was slipping there for a second, you know. But then he, he goes, he goes, this doesn't look like the Philly. And then he goes, where's the spectrum? We're like, oh, it's that way. It's knocked down or whatever. He goes doesn't look like the philly i remember like so it was just yeah. you know funny funny harley race yes no harley was is was great i learned so much from him what to do what not to do uh, a lot of what not to do um, right right which is and, important uh, too yep. yeah and and over the years we had a, a really fun father-son type relationship where uh uh he'd get really upset at me and not speak to me for a while uh, but then when we see each other in person, it was a great embrace. And uh, what's going on? How are you doing? How's your grandmother? Like, he knew my family. Um, and then up to the end, you know, we were talking pretty regularly. And uh, and then the family asked me to be a pseudo spokesperson uh, to get information out uh, right before he passed. And, uh, yeah, so and, and going to his funeral was tough. That was that was really tough looking at looking at him. The funny part is, Harley rarely smiled, and in the casket he had a smile on his face, which <laughs> we all laughed about. Right, right. So, yeah. so either he was really at peace, or he was like, "Well, shit, I did it. This is a, this is it." <laughs> yeah. And he was holding his version of the NWA World Title in the casket. It was it was very nice. Oh wow! Didn't know that. Wow, mm-hmm. very cool. Nice. Nice. He is uh, easily you know, one of the all-time greats. I mean, that goes without saying, just awesome. I love your kind of history in wrestling, not only with him, but I didn't know this. You work for WCW as well. Mm-hmm. So you were freelance, just freelance production? Yeah, production. Uh, whether they needed a camera operator or whatever, or help with the shows, if Harley was involved with the show, or, hey, go over here and talk to this person, and you know, stuff like that. Uh, Kansas, uh, Oklahoma, Missouri. So pay-per-views, TV, like yeah. uh, everything. Shows mostly. But, oh, mostly yeah. shows. Okay. Yeah. And that's where I learned how to do a lot of this stuff was just sitting there, how to deal with the commissions, what, you know, what licenses are. At the same time, I made a great relationship with Ed Schumann in, in Chicago. He's passed, uh, he's been gone for probably about 11 years now, but he was my big cheerleader in the NWA too. So, um, he and Bob Trovich uh, became very good friends during the Howard Brody, Dennis Carluzzo version of the NWA mm-hmm. in, in, in the mid to late nineties, uh, post uh, Shane Douglas. Uh, <laughs> yep, it's uh, all that stuff. So, so yeah, no, I've been around, and people sort of know me, <laughs> um, uh, which which I kind of like that they don't know everything, <laughs> right? Um, 
but it's still weird being a pseudo celebrity when you go somewhere wrestling related and 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 I'm getting the why I've been watching you since I was a kid in reality I guess you know 30 years and probably 20 23 25 years I've been on air television so someone somewhere who was 8 or 10 <laughs> when, way back then you know yep. they would say that Will you be on TV for primetime? Are you going to be an on-air talent? Uh, yes. So uh, originally, I was not going to direct the show. I was going to produce and be on camera. Um, I never wanted to be back on camera. <laughs> uh, I've had uh, I've had two strokes. Um, oh, wow. And, Didn't uh, know that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You can kind of see it in just troops every once in a while. Um so my protege, Billy Trask, um, uh, he was directing the Hollywood program, and I was originally going to direct the Power program. And then Corrigan and Lagana asked me to be the host. Uh, and I wasn't, I really didn't want to do it because uh, I have a really bad short atten- uh, short-term memory problem. So if I don't scribble things down, like you should see my desk, there are just notes and things everywhere. Mm-hmm reminding me like every little bit to do it's <laughs> it's everywhere so if i don't write it down immediately i will forget it a long term great short term is very difficult so i was afraid that i was going to make them look bad because i know how wrestling works immediately hey dave come here go say this i don't think i'll be able to remember that so in the beginning, it was it was a little difficult um, uh, going back on camera. And I was on camera for years on the Hollywood program, but I took myself off because I was forgetting things. And if you go back and watch those older tapes, you'll see me struggling trying to get through an open or trying to get through an interview or trying to remember the angle. It just wasn't working. So I said yes, and I did it. And uh, and the public, I guess, really liked it. So. Uh, so I will be back on there. So, but, but, uh, so when they asked me not to direct, uh, I went into that and then they asked me to be a ring announcer, which I'd never done before. <laughs> and people really either liked my ring announcing or hated my ring announcing. And the mm-hmm. reason why it was so blatant and slow was because I didn't want to mess anything up. And I'm honestly reading off of a card, every word that needs to be said in a, in a, in a tone in a dialect and delivering it in a way that can be consumed by everyone. <laughs> I right, wasn't messing right. up. Um, there's a few flubs on the show too. If you go back and watch, you'll hear me say, excuse me. Uh, I'll say the wrong name or I'll say the wrong thing, but uh, they liked it because it gave it more of a live element. I hated ring announcing. I'd never ring announced ever. I thought I was horrible at it, but people seem to like it. But on the power show, Billy Trask right now is in Vermont. And that's where he's from. And so he went home because he had a family issue and then COVID happened and he hasn't come back to LA and I don't think he's going to be back for uh, a prime time. So I, it looks like I'm going to be enlisted again to direct, which I don't mind. Um, I I'll direct the show and then uh, we'll do what we call look lives where I'll be on tape. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll be, it'll, it'll, right. be, it'll be a recording of me. <laughs> right. Right. I'll be, right. I'll be calling the show, but yes, I'll be on the program probably on the top of the show. Do you like doing like the the backstage interviews with the guys? You know the backstage interviews with the guys stuff because it seems like 
great role for you. And I loved loved you on Power. No, you kind of went with Mooney a little bit, but I don't know. I think you you were kind of better suited in that role for that show. It just fit better to me anyway. Um, so you know, like growing one, I used to stutter as a kid. Um, I had a really bad stuttering problem. Um and growing up, I always looked at performers uh for inspiration. So my pinup fella in the room literally pinned up on the wall. People have cars, people have, you know, later it's girls, whatever. Mm-hmm. I had Walt Disney. And oh, nice. It it wasn't because of Disneyland necessarily or the, or uh, I wanted to be an animator originally. You know, not how many people have China markers in their hand to write notes. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I I yeah. I originally wanted to be an animator, and that's what I wanted to go and do. Um, it didn't happen. Didn't work out. But since I was a kid, Walt Disney on television to me, it, it, it's just weird the way he used to talk to you mm-hmm. on the show. And and I wasn't. You know, he. I was born. I guess six years after he died. He died in '66. Um, but he was still on television. So to me, he was still very much alive. Yep. And then when he talked to you and then the way he talked to you and he'll tell you about all these great things that are coming and, oh, boy, look at this. This is the animate in animate and this is how animation, whatever. I started developing my own how to get out of stuttering. I used to read the newspaper out loud and just get, get through, like, the first uh, section of the paper. And then I'd watch newscasters here in L.A. We had Jerry Dunphy. Um, uh, uh, the announcer, uh, Ernie Anderson, who was Paul Thomas Anderson's dad. He was the voice of ABC. Like you hear announcers all the time, try to do his voice or make fun of him. He was like the next time on the love boat. He was that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was our local, uh, ABC announcer for the news. So he'd be on TV and he'd be like, uh, uh channel seven K ABC TV, Los Angeles now for the Southlands leading. And I'd sit there as a kid and, you know, say it with him. So if I were performing, I didn't stutter. So picking up tones from Walt Disney, Ernie Anderson, Peter Jennings, um, uh, uh, Mr. Rogers, that's kind of how I created my on-air persona. And like a lot of people, it's it's always a fun backhanded compliment. It's like, oh, David does such a great, you know, old school impression. When I was growing up on television, that's how everyone looked and sounded. <laughs> yes, yeah, oh yeah, so, big time. So yeah. it, it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't, this isn't an impression. And if people know me, it's an awful lot like me um, because that's what I grew up with. Um, so I do my best to put out a clean uh, presentation with a nice wink behind it that, you know, I'm the guy with the microphone. I'm asking these questions, but I can get away with saying certain things to talent that most people can't say much like a Gene Okerlund mm-hmm. um, yep. or a Gordon Soley. Like we can, we can give that wink to the camera and then, you know, I'd mug for the camera. I'd play along with them in that Dick Clark way on American bandstand. So he'd be there with the bangles and like, I don't know if he was really interested in hearing what the hell the bangles had to say, but he sure was really into that interview and versus Don Cornelius who would show up and then disappear. Like you'd never saw mm. the man again. And then when he showed up, <laughs> he was just cool. And the show was yeah. over, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, so I had a lot of influences on, on television that I took with me. Um, and you asked if I like doing it. I do like doing it because I know that I can get uh, the right responses out of the talents because mm. they're yep. comfortable with me. Which and, is huge. Um, yep. 
they're very comfortable with me and I know a lot of them for many years. I have been their boss most of the time versus being on camera with them. And so they almost, in a way, they don't want to mess up either in front of the boss. Um, so like Colt Cabana, like he and I can go out there and just do shtick, like no problem. Like Adam Pearson, and I used to do way back when. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Now he, and now he's a mailman. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so, anyways, you know, uh, I guess I'm just a, a utility guy in that sense. Do I like doing it? Yes and no. Uh, I I don't like to do many takes because then in my head I start messing up and forgetting. Right. what's going on and it's not that i mess up it's usually the talent messes up and i get it and i don't get upset but uh but yeah like one of the powers i can't remember which one it could have been the pay-per-view i had a complete like i had i was i was taken to the back by the medics and they were checking my blood pressure and oh my god like i was having i was having an episode on camera wow Caba- oh i remember god. cabana coming out for an interview and he was like hey you know cabana cabana and he goes are you all right I was like, am I am I not all right? <laughs> like, I wasn't conscious. Yeah. Cor- Corgan comes out during a commercial. He's like, yeah, you don't look good. Okay. I said, let me get through the next thing. And then Lagana came, was in my ear. Lagana's like, hey, you need to come to the back and see the doctor. Like, whoa. And that's when Kyle Davis, wow. I think, it was that show that Kyle Davis took over at the podium for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know that. Wow. Everything's and that okay could be now, a reason. And, and, oh, yeah. Everything's, everything's fine. That could be a reason why uh, Sean Mooney showed up too. I never asked, oh. But, but, oh, okay. but that could be a reason to to limit those last uh, set of tapes. I was on camera less. Yep. Um, I was pro- I was producing more in the back, but I was I was uh, I was on camera less. Because you fit NWA. Yeah, bro, gotcha. You fit NWA more. Obviously, you have a history there. Mooney is the WWF guy, so that's why it's a little <laughs> bit to me. Obviously, it's a little. Wonky, but it's just good because he's a name, you know. So, so yeah, that yeah, yeah. Adds oh, name for sure, for too. sure. Yeah. No, we had a great time together, Sean and I. And then when Jimmy Cornette and I were doing it, when Jim was uh, was announcing, we had fun going back and forth. We have a fun friendship, and uh, uh, you know, he would say things to me in my ear during the show. He had a button that talked directly to me, and he'd make me laugh. And yeah, I'm going to say this to you: try to react or not react or whatever. So we had fun back together. He'd always say, "Let's go to the non-Freddie Miller, Dave Marquez." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, with you, obviously, uh, we talked about this before with Rick Bassman when you were on uh, his Talking Tough, the three-way dance. Wanted to mention the relationship with ROH back in the day when you were with New Japan, and we were joking around talking about three words that will haunt you and me forever. Dragon, Soldier, B, that horrible, horrible night in Asbury Park, New Jersey at the Best of Super Juniors. I just wanted to bring that up to you again just because literally still me and my buddy who was at that show, we still mention to this day, the storm, terrible weather. We're sitting there soaked. But Dan- we think Danielson's going to win it or uh, you know, maybe Gibson. You know, Maybe he might win it. So you get the finals of Black Tiger and, and Dragon Soldier B. Like, okay, please, you know, Rocky, Black Tiger, please. No, it's Kashin, but not Kashin. He's Dragon Soldier B. Why did you do that to us? You ruined it. You ruined a great show. You can thank, uh, like, Ricky Choshu for that, I think. Um, <laughs> that was that was from Japan. And I was, uh, I was doing my job. I right. didn't agree with it, but I was doing my job. And uh, Gabe told me that night, Sapolsky, he says that I was the first suit, in-ring suit ever in Ring of Honor. 
Um, and I was wearing a horrible suit that night. I think it was brown. Um, but uh, I made a proclamation or something, and then I had to go out there and reverse a decision, I think, and Dragon Soldier B1. And then J.B. Noble comes running out and screaming in my face, the wrong man won this tournament. Like, he's yeah. just screaming in my face. And no one was happy that night. Punk wasn't happy. Samoa wasn't happy. Everyone was like, Dave, 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 you got to. You gotta. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you guys knew before I got here what was going to happen, so I can't. Yeah, but it was it was not a fun night for any of us. That was not fun. And then we were left in the in I think in the Newark airport with with no uh, tickets. <laughs> there was no really. We, oh we my slept god! On the canvas, uh, Rocky, all of us, Rocky uh, Danielson, uh, Kashin, everyone who came from L.A. Uh, Ricky Reyes had been there too, if I remember right. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. We were stuck and we had to sleep in the airport. How did that happen? Like, what was the screw up there? New Japan screwed something up? No. <laughs> Ring of Honor screwed something up? Yeah. A, a possibly on purpose? They, uh, yeah. They, they, they just... They just uh, uh, Got a little revenge. For, 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 they, they just forgot that we had to go right. to sleep in a bed. Bastard. Poor Kathy Fitz. Kathy Fitz. Poor Kathy Fitz. She drove us to the airport and kicked us out. <laughs> Damn. Um, you know, it's just funny, just, it, you know, you remember it all these years later. I mean, this is, what, 2005? It's 15 years later. I'm still remembering it. So at least it's memorable, right? I mean, at least you have, I have that to hang on to. And you have, you have that to hang I, on to. I think I have a lot of those moments when people think yeah. of me. <laughs> yep. So as we, as we wind it down and, and head towards the finish, I, I mean, we talked about you were at WCW, UPW, New Japan, NWA. What's kind of been your favorite like place to work in your favorite kind of territory like you know what's kind of been some of your your favorites out there because you've been like you said 30 years in the business is a pretty damn long time i've enjoyed everything i've done um like i have crazy puerto rico stories i was down there a lot um australia getting australia up and started again uh with uh, upw and hartley jackson and uh, epw uh hartley jackson he was in adelaide uh, Mikey Nichols when he was just a little guy. Um, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's all been good. It's all been rewarding. Uh, like, I'm a Los Angeles native, so to do something in my hometown is really cool. And for as long as we've been doing it, you know, we've been doing the Hollywood show now for 10 years straight on television. And prior to that, right. we had NWA Pro Wrestling out of the Anoki Dojo and then you know, I've always consulted for uh, people don't know this. Like I was a producer and director on XPW for about two years. And then the stuff with UPW, um, Kevin Kleinrock is one of my best friends. Um, so, uh, I hate LA re wrestling. People love talking about West coast or California wrestling. I hate it. Uh, which is why I've tried so hard to create my own brand here. Um, you know, bar wrestling or PWG or Lucha. Because when I came back from the Midwest in, in 99, it was that hybrid of Lucha indie wrestling that I, I'm here's this guy, me, coming from Harley Race. Like, I was looking at that. Everybody, to me, in, in a derogatory sense, they were all wearing pajamas and masks. And mm -hmm. it just didn't, I just didn't understand what I had missed when I left California in, in like 93. So that whole period, of territorial 
uh, Mike LaBelle or even Jesse Hernandez, uh, Bill Anderson, Slammers Wrestling, um, remnants of the Olympic Auditorium, like that completely disappeared. And then when I ended up with Bassman, he was way more traditional in the sense of, and professional, dealing with the WWF and whatever, that uh, I, I fit in there. So I've had a real good time everywhere. The place I had the worst time is in, was in Knoxville, Tennessee. Horrible. There's that, that area is cursed. There's no, no doubt about it. I don't think anything has ever worked there outside of the stuff in the 60s and 70s. It's a, it's a horrible place. <laughs> Not a fan of Knoxville, huh? No. Damn. No, I, I lost my company, TV station, partners. Everybody thought they knew how to do it better. Um, they even convinced Jimmy Cornette to be a part of it. You know, uh, I don't blame him at all. But uh, it was, yeah, it was horrible. I had a Fox station. We were doing a local show. It was looking really good. And, uh, and this was only seven, eight years ago. So, um, yeah, Knoxville. Not a fan. <laughs> oh, is this the promotion that they kind of screwed you out of your own promotion? Was this, was yeah. this them? Okay. Oh, yeah. We, we recreated Southeastern Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it yeah, was going right. good. It was going really good. And they kicked me out. Right, it's cursed. Kept the ring, for... kept the TV, whatever sponsors were left, and I think they were out of business within weeks of of me being gone. Wow, damn! Stay away from there. You don't have an affiliate over there, right? You, it's it's. We're not in Knoxville right now. Okay. I mean, I think we might be on television in Knoxville, but we don't have a promotion we work with there. Uh, we're really working hard on Memphis and our Memphis show. Uh, we had an anniversary show set uh, at the minor league baseball park in Memphis. Um, and then, you know, COVID happened and we had to re refund everybody's money and the tickets were mm. selling and all that stuff. But, you know, little by little, it'll be back. So with COVID and, you know, the safety procedures and everything else, what do you think about like how much TV you're producing? You hope it's going to be slowly but surely have some fans entering. Like, what do you think is going to be like the policies and procedures kind of going forward? Are we going to see maybe twenty five percent fans, fifty percent? I mean, how's it going to go forward? Looking for you guys? I don't know. I'm keep, I'm taking my cues from Disneyland. So, mm -hmm. uh, the state of California is going to put pretty high restrictions on theme parks zoos stuff like that um we have proven that we don't necessarily need fans to make entertaining programming even though we'd love to have them um i'm not going to rush into it uh i personally know 13 people who have died from this so hmm. i have a big network of people so it's 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 uh, you know it, it happens and uh yeah uh, i'm, I'm going to go slow and if they if they say you know you could have, based on the square footage, you're about fifty people. I'll I'll put fifty people in there and spread them out for sure. Um, it can't be any worse than having nobody there. <laughs> yep. So, uh, but you know you can't necessarily trust the public getting tested, and yeah, we can take their temperature and all that kind of stuff. And and we we're taking it pretty serious in our operation. I know there's others that don't take it serious, but like today. I found out one of our announcers was tested positive and I was with them four days ago. So I went and got a test this morning. Um, 
I'll have another test next week and I'll have a, a test on the 14th before the 15th to make sure that everything is cool. Right. Um, and, you know, people are flying in from across the country into this. And so I have to take their word for it that they're uh, negative. Hopefully they have proof <laughs> that they're <laughs> negative. Uh, right. Take their temperatures. And and there is a COVID procedure at the stage if we if we really question it. There's a physician or two to administer a test if we need it done. But, uh, you know, for the most part, we're going to be very cautious. But if Disney, if Disneyland, which I believe has a, an average day at Disneyland is 68,000 people in Disneyland Park. And if they cut that down to 25%, you know, and our average attendance at the Ocean View Pavilion is about 220. And if they tell us that, you know, we can only put 10 people in there, I don't know if it's worth it. Right, right. May not be worth the risk. Now, I know you're a big Disneyland fan. I've never been to Disneyland. I've probably been to Disney World over 20 times. I was actually trying to figure it out, but I've been to Disney World a lot. I've never been to Disneyland. Have you been to both? Have you been to Disney World? I've worked worked at both. Oh, you have? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which which is better. My first job ever, I was a Disneyland tour guide. So I wore the plaid. Oh, yes, yes, and, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, to all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past, and your youth may savor the challenge or promise of the future. Um, nice. Embroidered yeah, I in did your that for, uh, yeah. uh, I wrote three guided tours that they still play there. Um, oh. But, but uh, uh, Disneyland, and hopefully if you come out of California, I'll, I'll be more than happy to host you. Um, Disneyland embraces you when you walk through the gate. Real bear hug. You really feel it. Well, Disney World, Magic Kingdom, is so vast that I think it's exciting getting there, whether you're on a ferry or the monorail. I I, I like Bay Lake. I like the idea of, mm-hmm. of a voyage to get to the Magic Kingdom and Things come into perspective and you see, you know, Cinderella Castle peeking up over the train station as you're going in. But what's missing from Magic Kingdom is Walt Disney. Uh, he was never there. He didn't design it. He was he was all about Epcot. And, it's, and the Epcot that's there, as we know, is not the Epcot that he wanted. Yep. Completely different concept. Yep. The, a World's Fair uh, versus a, uh, a prototype city of the future. Um when you're at Disneyland, there's so many movie tricks that are being played, forced perspective, the the attention to detail. It's not grand. I understand why Walt Disney World is grand. I get it. And and those are the things I get hung up on. So when you're walking down Main Street USA in Anaheim and Main Street USA in Orlando, it is not the same experience. Um it may again may be more grand. The castle might be much more taller, mm-hmm. or, or, or I wouldn't even say spectacular. I like the the scale and cuteness uh, of Disneyland. It's just it's made for nineteen fifties television optics. It's uh, when you watch the old shows in black and white, that castle just looks so amazing, and the perspective down Main Street just looks so great. Uh, that I could understand why every kid in America had to go to Anaheim, California in the 50s to see mm-hmm. Disneyland. Yep. Um, the way they sold it is just amazing. 
Uh, Florida, on the other hand, uh, I can't say one is better than the other. There's Florida still has a lot. The interesting thing is Florida has a lot more nostalgia of Disney uh, Imagineering yes, uh, type things. Stuff, yeah. So yeah. it's like in, in California, they really play on the principles that, you know, Disneyland will never be complete as long as imagination is left in the world. So it's not a museum. When you go to Florida, there's an awful lot of museum pieces, which I dig. I'm a gigantic Carousel of Progress fan, huge Carousel of Progress fan. Mm -hmm. So sitting in there from the 1964 World's Fair in New York to Disneyland to Magic Kingdom, like I went to Tokyo Disneyland just to see the Mickey Mouse review because I never saw it in Florida. <laughs> so, and nice. I, and I saw, yeah. and I saw it in, in Japanese. Um, we don't have the country bears anymore here. Uh, so the country bear show is still in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, the hall of presidents to me is amazing. Anything that audio, anything audio animatronic is fantastic. Yep. Uh, I can sit through the Tiki room, maybe not the Florida version, but uh, tropical serenade. I could not sit through, but the enchanted Tiki room in California is, is the same show from 1963. And those things are great. Our, I would say our, our haunted mansion and our uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is is better. Um, I think our Space Mountain is better. Um, Ooh, really? I think I th I think Florida's uh, Thunder Mountain is better. Um, I know our Splash Mountain is better, um, and it could be the I don't know water tables or something. Florida, California, I don't know. Um, but our Small World is definitely better. Um. Yeah, I don't know. We have a lot more Rolly Crump. I think that's why our our place is better. <laughs> hmm. There's not a we, uh, like. A, there's not like a celebration out there, you know, like celebration Florida. There's not, you know, which is like the town kind of. There's not nothing like that in Disney. Okay. No, there's no land. Yeah, right. I you know, think that's why. That's the difference too. The vastness of it. They own yeah. everything in Florida. I mean, they own miles upon miles and miles. I, mean, I guess California is much, much smaller as far as land quality. The whole, the whole property in California is uh, 160 acres. And they have two parks and 160 acres. Um, uh, Magic King or Walt Disney World is twice the size of Manhattan. I think it's 27,000 square miles. <laughs> it's huge, That's, yeah. That's pretty yep. damn big. And they own the electric company. They are their own government. They Everything is theirs. Uh, Roy was smart. Roy Disney, Walt's brother, was that was smart making that deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Massive. But the other parks, too. You know, Epcot now is becoming uh, more commercial. Uh, the, the, the World's Fair side of it, the World Showcase side of it, Future World, they're changing it. It's going to be more amusement park, IP-driven, mm -hmm. which... I don't. I don't like that. I really enjoyed hopping around, visiting those countries. The American Adventure, to me, quite possibly is the best Disney, quintessential Disney show uh, uh, at Epcot. Um, fantastic show, if you know. And this is nerd geek out stuff, but mm -hmm. you know, when I don't like, maybe it's the Revolutionary War era or uh, George Washington, a horse, animatronic horse pops up on, on the stage. And uh, I think it is Valley Forge, and I think the guy's shivering on top of this horse. But looking at the mane of the horse, and the hair is blowing, steam is coming out of the animatronics nose, steam is coming out of the horse's nose. 
that's just amazing. Like when I first saw it, I saw it on television uh, on a special in the 80s. And like Mark Twain's smoking a cigar and he's blowing the smoke and he's blowing circles. <laughs> I was like, how the hell did they do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do some so, amazing stuff down there, yeah. Even Shanghai, Pirates of the Caribbean, it's, it's scary a little bit. Like, what the, like, that thing is real. Yeah. Yeah, well, Shanghai, Disneyland, that Pirates of the Caribbean is beyond awesome. We'll never see anything like that in North America. But go to China just to see that. Nice. See, I and feel like Tron, I'm never. But Florida's getting a Tron too, though. Yeah, it's very soon. Yeah, I feel like I'm never going to get back down there, though. I mean, just uh, with this COVID stuff, you know, and Florida Ooh. being we're hotbed at one point for all the uh, COVID. I hope, I hope they years. open up. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And the best themed Disney park, I feel. I mean, I think Animal Kingdom is very well themed, but uh, Disneyland Paris, really Beautiful. gorgeous. Hmm. Beautiful and the best one worldwide, hands down, is Tokyo Disneyland. Wow, Tokyo Disneyland is you can't match it, you can't beat it. Everything cast members are gorgeous, the way they respect money well, that's just Japanese in general. The way they exchange mm -hmm. money, yep, they are more Disney than Disney will ever be. I was sent there, we opened Tokyo Disney Sea in 01, and uh, uh just watching that we were supposed to go train them but they're way more disney than anybody here could ever imagine wow nice you see yeah. i i pretty much been i think it was since 99 i want to say like once a year or if i skipped a year i would go twice a year so it's like almost 20 years in a row or something of it i think it's going to end the streak it's probably going to end this year because i only have a few months left but uh, i think the streak will end there but i mean i i love going down there it's not just going down to disney i know i, I love the the feel of it you know what i mean the yeah. the atmosphere and everything it's much more than like oh you know you're oh you're immature you're what do you like disney for you're an old man or whatever you know it's oh. it's much it's more than that it's it's the atmosphere it's the feel it's yeah. it, disney's awesome i love it down it, there. to me to, to me it's it just it, whether you're riding the carousel or you're in florida if you get on the uh the joel fowler uh mm -hmm. here it's the mark twain um you know that or the railroad that to me is ultimate fun because you can see in a child's eye when they're riding on that they've never been on a railroad they've never been on a paddle boat they've never seen any of that stuff uh that's just great and one thing i am sad about at magic kingdom is that you know sunny ray is gone hmm. in the in the what was it cosmic or i'm sorry cosmic ray cosmic uh, ray. In the yeah. cosmic yeah. ray in the restaurant yeah. he's gone Can't that was a that great he... show he was a staple, he, and those chicken fingers in that place were the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I went down there the last time, maybe three years ago, and I was like, oh, we got to go see uh, Cosmic Ray. And they're like, what? That's cool. Like, it's gone! Yeah. <laughs> so. Why? I don't know. Has that ever been explained? No. Disney doesn't explain a lot of stuff. When I worked for them, it was so frustrating. Uh, it just... They want to empower you. They want you to do things. They want you to take ownership. And then the moment you do any of that, then you're in trouble. Hmm. Like it's it, it's a job. I mean, if 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 you like being a guest, don't work there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it'll change uh, you. And, yeah, you'll change your if, opinion on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, and I worked in City Hall, so you know, I was a guest relations. So we were just breathing comment boxes, and. Uh, 
uh, it, it was difficult at times. You know, you get people who try to work you out of money or refunds or uh, free food or like whatever they can figure out what mm-hmm. when people yep. found out what guest relations with the internet really does. People would go into city hall and not know what it is. You know, oh, can I get a guide map? Uh, I know you guys give guided tours, uh, uh, you know, pass for dis- disabled guests, stuff like that. But when the internet, about 98, really started exposing what guest relations can do for you, forget it. The floodgates were open. It was like, oh, this is a complaint department. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. And I've heard everything, which was great because I had a wrestling background too. So I would just, in my head, write stuff and negotiate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not buying. You know, your family's not going to Club Thirty Three. I'm sorry, but uh, I'll certainly <laughs> buy you all ice cream. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, you're not going here. You don't want the ice cream. Let's meet in the middle. Yeah. Yep. Now, do you have a favorite ride out there? Is it Space Mountain? Well, here's the thing. I mean, I should put my tour guide vest on. Um, there are only two rides at Disneyland. Can you name them? Ooh, damn! No, it's, I would. Because, I was going to think Space Mountain and Splash Mountain. Well, those are attractions and adventures. Oh, okay. What are rides? It's a small world one, in the no. In the haunted you had mansion? one taken. No? no, you guys, you you had one taken away from you a couple of years ago. Hmm. Mister Toad's Wild Ride. Right, right, and, okay, and, okay. And out here we have the Indiana Jones Adventure Ride. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, which is basically the dinosaur attraction in uh, Animal Kingdom, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that I don't think is there anymore. Um, yeah, so those are the rides. But I mean, my favorite—I'm a show guy. Like, I enjoy the shows, and uh, uh, as a tour guide, I've ridden everything more than I ever want to again. Um, I mean, I had a ride. Uh, I had to go into the Tiki Room. Uh, Pirates, the railroad, Mr. Lincoln, which is uh, from the 1964 World's Fair. So it's Lincoln for 20 minutes. Um, Just him. It's not the rest of the presidents. Just him. Um, And then Small World, twice a day, six days a week, and pretend that I've never been on any of them. Boy, isn't this great? Uh, but yeah, wow. of all the shows that of all the shows that are there now, I can never get tired of the Tiki Room since I was a kid. I made my first trip oh, to nice. Disneyland yeah. in uh, 73, 74. I was a key, I was one or two. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Well, I guess we should probably get back to the matter, the heart of the matter, and that is pro Why? wrestling. Why? I know, right? I know <laughs> no you want to, we want to stick on Disney, but NWA Primetime Live with you, UWN. Give us you know one big final plug push why everybody should watch this great series that is coming out. Primetime Live starting September 15th. Well, all I can say is it's a true alternative to the other wrestling shows on the air. No bullshit. That's the truth. There'll be excitement. There'll be action. It'll be championship television. 
Um, there'll be variety. It's everything that everyone is screaming about in theory. There's been, a, I believe there's been lots of alternatives over the years. It's just the public not consuming it. It's there. They just don't go really looking for it. Um, so I'm not going to say it's not going to be a show that you've never seen before. That's not true. But in recent times, I think it's going to be a cavalcade of stars and, um, you know, lots and, and lots and lots of fun. Um, I hope that the show is fun. <laughs> I, I really hope people show up and say that was fun. Much like NWA Power, uh, yep. those fans, they had fun. And we made sure they had fun. So that's part of the reason why Power isn't in production right now. Because the people, the fans, are a real big part of that show. If not the entire show is the public. Nice. And of course, we mentioned before, Nick Aldis, Mike Bennett, first main event of the first show. I mean, it's going to be huge. And you said you got a lot of things coming down the pike. Thunder Rosa will be defending. Obviously, sure. Hammerstone is going to be on the show. So Dick yep. Dickinson is going to be on. I mean, it's going to be a lot of great stars. It's going to be like Battle of Belts meets Super Clash uh, sure. meets whatever. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be great. Um, yeah, yeah. think of it like the old Battle of the Network stars on ABC. You'll have, mm -hmm. you know. The yep. gang from Who's the Boss taking on the gang from Taxi, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like, yep. that's kind of my mindset. Just go. Love it. September 15th, Fight TV, and like you said, on traditional pay-per-view as well, in demand, in demand, which is great. So it's going to be on pay-per-view and inter internet yep. pay-per-view as well. And, on it's, Fight, and it's, Fight. it's simulcast in Spanish. We made a big effort to make that happen. Um, I didn't see you come back in. Um, <laughs> that's Logan again, uh, finished the New Japan show. Uh, but, uh, you know, we made a big emphasis on, on the Spanish side. And as soon as Mexico opens up through Kevin Kleinrock and Mass Republic, we really hope to have Lucha Libre on the program too. So, uh, we're working hard. Awesome. Good stuff. And please give us some plugs for yourself. I know we're talking all about everybody else, but have us some plugs for yourself. Uh, on Facebook, I'm David Marquez, but if you like the TV personality, David Marquez, that's a private page. That's my page, personal page. So there's some things on there that you may not agree with and might, you know, disrupt the character, David Marquez, that you see on TV. So there's just a disclaimer there. Uh, but more company-centric, at CWFH Marquez on Twitter, CWF Hollywood uh, on Twitter, at uh, United Wrestling on Twitter at NWA, nationalwrestlingalliance.com, hollywoodwrestling.com. Uh, those same handles are on Instagram. And we do produce a lot of stuff. Oh, and, and, and a lot of faces and names, well, a lot of names you might not know, but by the time you see their faces, you might know who they are. Yes, absolutely. Now, good luck to you with not only Primetime uh, going on, Primetime Live, UWN, United Wrestling, Championship Wrestling from Arizona, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Good luck with everything going on because you are quite a busy man. Maybe too busy. You know, maybe maybe uh, maybe you got too much going on. And you might be right. You know, I do need a vacation. It's interesting. Like I make the Walt Disney analogies every now and again, but in reality, I think I'm the Hanna Barbera of wrestling. <laughs> so yeah, just yeah. Churning, churning these things out. <laughs> yep, and just getting them on TV. So yep. All right. Awesome stuff. And we will definitely be watching September 15th. 
Fight TV, In Demand, Prime Time Live. Good stuff, David. Thank you so much uh, for all time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Sure. Anytime. Reach out anytime you like. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.